0: this episode, I have a very special guest, my mom. I don't get into it in the episode because she doesn't, wouldn't like me to gush about how awesome she is, (laughs) but I'll just tell you right now at the beginning, she is amazing. Her perspective and experience and wisdom will benefit anyone who hears this episode. So I'll just say that before we get going. This is an awesome episode. You're going to love it. And I'm so excited for you to learn from my mom.
1: this show is for you.
2: We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work.
1: This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default.
0: Welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. This week, I have a very special guest. This guest is my mom. (laughs) Hello, mom. Hi, Melissa. Glad to be with you. (laughs) Um, And the reason, there's a few reasons why I wanted my mom to be a guest. Her name's Jill. And this month, our family is celebrating an anniversary. But it's an anniversary that probably most families don't celebrate. 25 years ago this month, my family, and I already feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, if you cry, you know what's going to happen to me, right? <laughs> Um, so the anniversary is 25 years ago. Um, what day was, what day is it on mom? August 24th. On August 24th, it'll be 25 years since my family had, a uh, like a pretty serious car accident. And in this car accident, my mom, she lost her left hand and that obviously changed the course of her life. And, I really wanted to have her on the podcast today to talk a little bit about that experience. I think I'm going to do a little bit of backstory talking for just a minute and then we'll get into it. Let my mom have have the floor. But we talk about, you know, having an, a family narrative that is oscillating, which means that you know that your your family and your kids know that hard things happen and that And that you always, but that you always overcome. So when Chris and I were kind of thinking, like, okay, what are what are some hard things that maybe our family has faced that that um, you know that we could that we could say we've overcome, and and this experience was one of the first things that came to my mind. And I just thought, like, you know, I really want to capture this this story, like for my kids. You know, I I lived through it firsthand, but my mom she'll share more. She had two children after the car accident. I don't know if they, I know they know the story, obviously, but I'm like, oh, this will be, I would love to capture this like for my children and future posterity to really hear this, this story from, from my mom. Anyway, so yeah, let's get it, let's get into it. Maybe just, let's start, mom. Maybe just like tell us like how, how old you were. So this is in 1996. Maybe just like set the stage like about you and, and your family
3: at the time. Okay. So in 1996. I was 36 years old and just in the middle of life, very busy. We had seven children and the youngest was 6 months old, Melissa the oldest and she was 12. So, we were very busy and and very it was fun. We just always something going on and a lot of activity, very fun. But um So we had, my parents were celebrating, and it must have been their 40th wedding anniversary. And we were, had traveled about three hours away to be with them celebrating their anniversary. And we needed to be back the next day. So we left in the evening, uh, it was after nine, and we're traveling back. And I was driving and I usually didn't drive. My husband would usually drive on a trip like that. He wasn't mm-hmm. feeling well. So I was driving and was really tired. And I really don't know, can't tell exactly what happened. I just know I was really tired and I dozed and hit a big, they were doing construction on the road and there was a big, a big boulder in the road. And I hit that and it turned the car over on the driver's side. We were in our suburban with seven kids and my husband and I, and, and we hit this big boulder and it was probably around 11 o'clock at night by that time. And this, I was just going to interject that this was on a, um
0: like a divided or not a divided highway, but this was, we were going, we were going at a high speed coming like kind of through the mountains back into, back into the, they call it the Valley back into, to Phoenix. Um, So yeah, it was like on surface streets or anything. It was on a, on a highway. Yeah. So
3: it turned the car over on the driver's side and we slid for, I don't know how far, quite a while before we finally came to a stop. And I just remember my first thought was with my, my kids just hoping that everybody was okay. And and my husband looked at me and he asked me if I was okay. And I said, "Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. Just check the kids. Make sure the kids are okay." And I, I, I knew that I had hurt my arm. I knew that something was wrong. I thought, "Oh, I've broken my arm or something." And I looked at it, and I could tell, yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up. And, uh, but I was just concerned, I wanted to know that all the kids were okay. And so he. Checked and, and made sure all the kids were fine, and there were people on that highway. It was dark. I mean, this is there's there's no lights or anything. It's it's in the middle of you're going between towns, between places, and so it's just kind of out in the desert, in the by itself. And but there were people that were were there almost immediately that stopped, and that helped get, to get all the kids out and make sure they were okay. And honestly, as soon as I knew that the kids were okay, that my husband was all right, it was like, okay, this is gonna be okay. We're we're alive, we're still here, and this is gonna be okay. And I do remember my husband came back after all the kids were out, and he, I told him that my hand was gone, and he was like, can you go through life like this? <laughs> He was asking you this in the car. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, you know, when I had those few minutes while everybody was getting the kids out and everything, I just, I just had was so thankful that my family had been protected, that we were all still together, and that gratitude just, just really filled me, and um, I said to myself, "Okay, this is okay. I will do this." And then that little, still, small voice whispered back to me, Well, you're not going to do it by yourself. I'm going to help you. And that definitely was the case. I mean, I was I was going back and reading about some things that I had written about this experience. And the thing that I mentioned was the peace that I felt almost immediately, when it really was not a very peaceful situation. We had... Melissa was also hurt. Her, the back of her leg was, the upper part of her her leg was really hurt. Some deep gouges in her leg. She had to be in the hospital for a week. And they would, she, she can tell you a little bit more about that. Every day she would have to go sit in a whirlpool bath and then they would pick rocks and cactus and Whatever out of her leg, and then she just had to wait for it to heal. Yeah, it was, was. Yeah, Melissa, you can tell more about that.
0: Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll interject a second. So my mom was driving, and we were in a suburban, and my my sister Amy was right behind her, and then I was right behind Amy. So when the when the suburban flipped onto its side, it was it was all the way up on its on the driver's side, like the wheels were not not touching in it and it scraped on the left side for, I don't know how far. So basically, yeah, my leg got caught up in the, like it was in the window, like scraping on the road. And yeah, I had these really deep, it's like, I don't know, my, my thigh, the side of my leg, um, these super deep, deep wounds that are, they were just so much, uh, they were so deep deep and just kind of gaping that there was nothing nothing to do but to allow the there's no stitches or anything to be done it they just had to wait t- for t- like time had to like fill up the the wounds the tissue had to refill in in those spots but yeah we had to go to um yeah this whirlpool therapy every day in the hospital for a week and then after that too and then tell tell us a little bit more about um Amy the other
3: so Amy was in, was she in first grade? I don't know if she was kindergarten or first grade, but yeah. Um, so her head is what got scraped up. And honestly, if I would have realized how bad she was hurt that night, I think, I know I would have been traumatized <laughs> mm-hmm. because her head, she had... Over 200 stitches in her head. It was just basically, they, they had to put her scalp back together. Um, but but what a blessing, really, even that she wasn't injured more seriously, you know, lost an ear or, or the surgeons that worked on her, you know, they did such a great job and put her back together. And you really wouldn't even know that she had, had any problem like that at all. Yeah, you but, would never know. Today. But for about a year, a good year, she wore a little hat to cover up where they had to kind of shave her head a little bit and and where she had all those stitches. But you know, our family definitely was blessed and protected. I remember, this is my
0: 12-year-old memory, so tell me if I'm mistaken, but I remember you people. Someone telling, like, someone that um, was on the scene, like, right after the accident, that they were, they were calling nine one one, and they were telling them, "This looks like a really bad accident. Like, expect fatalities."
3: Yes. Yeah, that's what they were told. Expect fatalities, and we. I mean, there were there were five air helicopters that came, and uh, two ambulances, and so it. It was a, it was a, and when I think back about that, just all that was going on, I still am really humbled and amazed by the peace that was there. Even with the kids, once we got everybody quieted, you know, the, the babies were crying, of course, but there were people there immediately to hold them, to comfort them. And there was peace. We could just tell that heavenly father was there. He had his arms wrapped around us. And he was definitely helping us through a difficult situation. My husband called our our neighbors, our next door neighbors, very good friends, and told them that we had been in an accident and asked them if... We were taken to um, Scottsdale Memorial Hospital because that was a trauma hospital. And he called our good neighbors and friends and. Told them what had happened and asked them if, asked the husband, and this is now in the middle of the night, early wee hours of the morning, asked them if he could come to the hospital and pick the family up, give us a ride home, give them a ride home. And of course, he agreed. And his wife, I mean, my husband didn't give him a lot of details and didn't tell him how this extent of injuries or anything. But his wife, who is a dear friend and like my kid's second mom, she just felt like she really needed to be there. And so she came and, and too with him, and they brought everybody home, you know, got the kids all cleaned up, made sure, made sure sang to them, tucked them in, did her best to just to help them feel peaceful. And that was a great comfort to me to know that there was somebody. Loving them and taking care of them. So I don't know this part because I was still in the hospital. So
0: me and Amy and you, we were all still in the hospital, but
3: everyone else went home. Yeah, everybody else went home and well, I guess dad stayed there with us, Mm -hmm. but everybody else went home and he helped get everybody take care of everybody and just loved them. And you had the baby. He was just six months old. Yeah. So Daniel was six months old, and um, he had never had a bottle. And so (laughs) I, of course, was worried about him. And my parents, Nolan's parents, were very good and came immediately to be with our family, to help our family do whatever they could, whatever that needed to be done. But nobody could get Daniel to eat. He just... (laughs) <laughs> he wasn't he just wasn't having it nobody could get him to eat and so our brother-in-law who lives right down the street he just took that baby and just loved him and held him and, and worked with him and he's the one that finally got him to to take a bottle and it, it was just really so humbling the way our family rallied around, and our friends, our neighbors. There was just so, such an outpouring of love. Just, I was just overwhelmed by the goodness of the people around us. Um, it was funny. I, so even in our in our old ward, which is our congregation of church, where we went before, there were there were people that wanted to help. They all wanted to bring meals in and, you know, do whatever they could to help. And one of the ladies that was organizing people bringing in food to help and whatever, she was joking with me, and she said, "We have so many people calling, wanting to help. Your second cousin twice removed, called, and what you know <laughs> there was just people coming out of the woodwork wanting to do what they could to help." And it was just really heartwarming and humbling to see how people rallied around and served and wanted to help us. Totally. Yeah, I remember
0: I do. I remember that too. Probably not as much as you, but I remember that too. Tell tell us a little bit more like I guess I just want to interject. We were at the scene of the accident and I I had no clue that something had happened to you. Like no clue.
3: Well, I didn't want First of all, I thought, now that's going to be something really traumatic for my kids to see me with my hand not there, you know, and and I, I didn't want my kids to have that, that memory at all. And so when my husband came back and asked me if I was okay and was helping me out of the car, I, I said, I want you to get me something, I, I want to cover my hand up because I don't this isn't a memory that I want my kids to have. And I think that I think that dad told you guys the next morning what had happened, I think. And maybe it was because you were in the hospital. It might have, be, have even been a little bit after that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember when he told me. But yeah, I <laughs> when I think about that, I'm like, you're amazing <laughs> to have like the in the middle of this, you know, accident to just be able to be like, I don't know, just to be able to be thinking through like a head like that. Like this is not a memory I want my kids to have. And I know that you don't, (laughs) you don't like people necessarily telling you like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. But I think it really says a lot about you that, that you were able to like maintain like that presence of mind in that, in that situation.
3: Well, and I'm, I'm just going to say I had help. You know, and like I said before, almost immediately I felt peace and I had extra help. I had help from heaven. And that's what I've learned too. One of the things that I've learned is that, you know what, we all have difficult things. Life is difficult. There are going to be times when it's it's hard, but we have a Heavenly Father that loves us so much and He is willing and wants to help us and He's there. He is there, and as we turn to him, he is gonna help us and give us peace and strength way beyond our own. He helps us
0: Ooh, beautiful, so I want to see this story through, so you go the the helicopter takes you first, and again, I remember being like why is why are they taking?" <laughs> why are they taking my mom first? Like, I don't even think it's I like, I seriously had no clue anything had happened to you. And I was confused. I'm like, why is she going first? Um, And from what I know, which is just a little bit about, um, you know, accidents like this, usually you don't all end up at the same hospital. Is it true that usually it's like, okay, whoever can take these, you know, whichever hospitals can accept these patients, like we're going to send you to multiple, multiple places. So I think there's, that is even just a little, a little miracle too, that we all, all of us ended up at the same, at the same hospitals there
3: in Scottsdale. Definitely. I mean, that would have been, that would have been so much harder if we all were at different places, you know, with little kids by themselves with nobody that they know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was definitely a blessing. And so you, I'm
0: I'm guessing I I went into I think I went into the emergency room and they just like cleaned up my leg, um, and then eventually sent me up to a room,
3: and then you did you go into surgery? Shortly thereafter, I didn't, I didn't until the next. I think it was probably the next day, but they did tell me. And one thing I want to say too is how kind the the doctors were. They were so kind and and when they they told me, you know what, I'm really we're really sorry to have to tell you this, but we're going to have to amputate your hand. And I or, I already knew that because thinking, you know, going back to when the accident happened, my first thoughts were, okay, I hope we can get some help really quick and I hope that they can fix this thinking about my hand. And then, you know what, the, the spirit spoke to me in that still small voice and just said, Told me that's not going to happen. You know, you're, you are going to lose your hand. So I knew that. And so when he told me that, it was, it was like, Okay, I, I know it's okay. But they were very kind and um, compassionate. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. I just, the uh, one thing I wanted to say too is when we have, we are we do have hard things happen to us but, but when we can see and accept accept the things that happen and when we can be grateful have gratitude it opens up the way for for god to be able to help us even more you know um, and he does he he gives us strength
0: that we didn't think we had and you feel like gratitude is a main a main factor, a main contributing factor to
3: it is. I know, I know that made all the difference for me. And I and it's not that there were times when it was difficult. There were times so after it happened and we got home and just learning how to do things again and trying to learn how to take care of our family and you know, it was a long process, kind of a, a daily process, and some days were good and some days not so good and you know, it wasn't like it was just easy and fixed, you know, all at once. Yeah. It was a process. Um, but as we, yeah, just rely upon God and seek and ask for His help, He is definitely there. And He helps us. I know I remember one night I was just having a hard time sleeping and just thinking about life and thinking about things. And I, I just couldn't, couldn't sleep. And so I got up and I opened up a magazine with it that had talks in it by the leaders of our church and I found one it was called Finding Joy in Life and it was exactly exactly what I needed and maybe you can include that for a link yeah for whoever would want to read it I learned a lot from it that you know he says you know we have we have hard times in our lives we have things that are difficult but those things can help us become stronger and better, and they're they're not meant to be life, and to consume our entire thought. And you know, they're just part of life, and and we can use them to help us become better and stronger. He just gives he gives a lot of uh, of little analogies, and one of them was, you know, if you pick up a pebble and you hold it right in front of your eye. All you Mm -hmm. see is that pebble. It seems huge. But if you throw it down on the ground, it's in perspective. You see what it is. It's a little pebble. (laughs) And it doesn't, you know, he says problems, we can look at them that way. They don't need to consume every single waking thought and minute and whatever. You know, yes, we have to deal with them, but, but we can still have joy no matter what our circumstances are. See things in a in an eternal perspective rather than just right now.
0: That's a beautiful message. And you said it was just what
3: you needed that night. It was, it was exactly what I needed. So and well, another thing that he he, a suggestion that he gives is to learn from people who have had difficult things happen to them and who have dealt well with their challenges. He says, learn from them. And I remember receiving a letter from, my good friend's sister who had had con- contracted polio when she was mm-hmm. a teenager and she was in a wheelchair from the time she was probably 14 or 15 years old throughout her whole life, either, you know, used braces. She could kind of walk with braces, but then later in life, she was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. She wrote me a letter about things that she had learned through her experience with just some very good advice. And what a sweet, sweet woman And I just appreciated her perspective and the things that she shared with me and taught me.
0: That's really cool that she was willing to share her her experience and her story in a way to benefit you.
3: The other thing about an eternal perspective, too, is that if we remember, I mean, my belief is that life continues on after this and that we will be resurrected one day. I'll have my hand back. You know, it's this is a temporary thing. I can so I can I can do it. I can do this. I believe that because our savior Jesus Christ was resurrected, I will be too. And I am so grateful for him. And I'll have my hand back.
0: Did you was that an important an important belief that you had like that you would go back to a lot during those hard hard times?
3: De- definitely. I mean, that makes it so much easier. To think, you know what, this is, this is temporary. This is short term. One of the things I'll share this, it was hard. It was hard because I, I play the piano and I also play the violin. So having, not having your left hand, that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. I I can't play the violin. You have to have your left hand to play the violin. (laughs) So I can't do that anymore, which, you know, so that was hard. The piano is something, I didn't play the violin after once I graduated from high school. I didn't play it as much as the piano. Piano is something I still like to do. And so that was something that was very hard. And times that that was, did make me sad Mm -hmm. that I can't just, I couldn't just go and sit down and play like I wanted to play. And yes, I still can. I can. I can do it just not like I used to do it. <laughs> so I try and do my best, and I can still sit down, and I can still do it. But what kind of a sweet experience that I had that helped me with that, too, is I, I was sitting in church one day listening to the music, and I just was really sad all of a sudden. I thought, I I miss this. I, I can't sit down, and I can't play like I want to. And then a few weeks later, I, again, am in listening to beautiful music and the thought came to me you are so blessed you were born with two hands and you had the opportunity to learn and you will play again and so that that sadness was just taken away and again it's that eternal perspective that you know this is a short-term thing i will i will play again
0: and the gratitude yeah like being able to see like that little shift. Like, Oh, I, I was able to learn to play.
3: And there are a lot of people that don't have that opportunity. And I did. So
0: what, um, so just filling in a little, a little bit. So, uh, so you had, like you mentioned, seven kids at this point, and then you ended up having two more children (laughs) with one hand. what was, Maybe just say a little bit. I, I feel like I remember you telling me once, like when you found out you were expecting, just being a little bit like apprehensive or nervous about it.
3: Well, so we did. I mean, after Daniel, who was the baby, when we had the accident, he was almost four years old when we had our eighth child, Doug. And yeah, you know, I was really excited to ha- to be having Another one, I, and, but I was apprehensive about it, too, when it came right down to it. (laughs) Thinking, I, okay, I've never had, and I had a six month old when this happened. I've never had a newborn baby. Can I do this? And I remember being in the, we went to Target, my husband and I, and we were getting all the things just to make sure we were ready for when the baby came, you know, and, and my husband looked at me and he said, are you scared? And, and right there, it was like someone opened the floodgates and I just started crying. <laughs> <And> <laughs> In I, target. I was like, yes, I'm scared. I don't, I don't know if I can do this, but you know, I found out he, it was such a blessing. he, This little baby was such a blessing to us and to our whole family. Melissa, maybe you can interject there what it was like to have him.
0: I just remember, I just remember how much we all just like adored him. (laughs) He was like the cutest, the cutest little, little baby. And we all, we all just yeah loved and adored him.
3: Um, Yeah, he was, he was just the most fun, cute little guy and. And he just brought so much joy to all of us. Um, Again, I had help beyond my own to do that. There's no way that I could have done that on my own. I had my mom came all the time. She helped whenever she could. I had neighbors and friends that that would come and help and, and do what they could to help us. So I appreciate them. I for sure did not do that by myself. And then when Doug was about, he was about 20 months old, we had, we had Taylor. We had our last (laughs) little guy, Taylor. (laughs) And so we had basically two little babies, but they were so much fun, such a blessing. So grateful for them. And just, just know that, you know, Heavenly Father blessed us again, helped us, helped us with having them and taking care of them. They're so great. I love I love that they're
0: those last two are part of the family. They're like to to my kids, they're like they're closer in age to my kids than than I am to them. like I was yeah. I was seventeen when when the youngest was born, um Taylor or almost seventeen. anyway, but it's been it's been almost like brothers in some ways. like whenever we come to your house, like my kids always have Doug and Taylor to play and it, it
3: has been really fun because it's like those are my youngest two felt like Melissa's kids were kind of like their little brothers and their little sisters. So it was really fun. And it still is fun. I, I see we have our youngest right now is a missionary in Paraguay. And when he calls us and when we talk to him on Mondays, he loves it. He absolutely loves it if the grandkids... (laughs) are near and he can talk to them because he really does feel like they're his little brothers and sisters. He just lights up, makes him happy when he's able to see them and talk to them. Is there, well, I'll have two
0: questions. What would you say, like looking back, you know, 25 years later, what would you, would you tell yourself anything?
3: Like if you were just starting out on this journey? Um, Well, I'm glad you don't have to start over. (laughs) But no, I would, you know what, it's been a really wonderful journey and definitely have been blessed and helped along the way, all along the way. And I am just so thankful for that, Um, to know that we are not on our own and that we have a Heavenly Father that really loves us and is there. To help us, would you have any any final final parting words or thoughts? You know, I was talking to someone the other day. I, their anniversary is on August twenty fourth, and I told them, "Oh, that's our anniversary too." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Different <the> anniversary <laughs> anniversary of our wreck. And I, the amazing thing to me is that I look back at that time in my life as a really sacred time. It was challenging, it was hard, um, but it was really a sacred time when I just really felt God's love for us and felt His help in our lives. Um, So I really look back at that time, I am thankful for it, and I, I would not change it because I have learned so much. Things that are really important. I've learned important things—the things that matter.
0: It's beautiful. Thank you so much for for being here and sharing your experience and your and your wisdom with with all of
3: us. Thank it's you for us. for talking to me, and for having me. I love you lots. <laughs>
0: I love you. We'll see you next week.
1: Hey there, thanks for listening to today's episode.
2: To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes.
1: And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together.
2: Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode.
1: We will see you in the next episode.